sounding very much like a candidate for re-election at the DNC's annual meeting in Philadelphia on Friday. But as we mentioned, our new poll this morning with the Washington Post shows significant warning signs for Democrats. More than half of the country disapproves of Biden's job performance, weighed down by significant discontent over the economy. 40% say they are worse off financially than they were two years ago. The most negative response to that question in nearly 40 years of our polling. And as Biden prepares for a likely 2024 re-election campaign, less than a third of Democratic voters want to see him renominated. Perhaps most frightening for Democrats, in a hypothetical rematch of the 2020 election, Trump has a slight edge. Part of the problem, forgive me for jumping in, but part of the problem, and the president gets this because he talked about this in the last midterm campaign and prior presidents have got this, you can't tell people you're doing better. Uh, people have to feel it. And if you look at this poll, are you worse off financially since the president took office? Uh, this is in the Washington Post ABC poll. Uh, that's the highest number they've been polling for 37 years. And, for and welcome back to Flyover Politic Podcast. It's the 8th of February, year of our Lord, 2023. No new mic. I apologize. Man, I'm telling you, it took me like 15 minutes to get this thing to balance out. Uh, the new mic's caught in New Jersey. I'll get it eventually. So those are two polls that they're trying to spin because they just don't understand why we don't like Joe. He's so good. Largest dissatisfaction in 37 years on CNN. ABC tried to spin that poll as a wash. Lost softballs at Yellen. That's how those two sound bites actually worked out. It's um, it's what we, what we get. Um. I want to cover a quick segment. This is from last podcast, and shame on me. You know, I, I do a lot of sound bites, and I go through them. Some of them I hear all of them. Some of them I don't, and I put them on the show. And this is a very interesting duality. We're going to have an MSDNC segment where they're saying it's so important for us to have CRT. And then Sonny Hostin admitting what CRT did for her. So what concerns you most about the revisions that you're hearing? Well, really what concerns me is the climate around the revisions. Um, I'm certainly not uh, uh, a person with qualifications to design a curriculum for AP, even AP for African-American studies. Mm -hmm. um, I think the board should be free to do their work and do their pilot programs and go through the process um, and not be influenced, uh, not just by my thoughts, but by the thoughts of governors, uh, legislatures who are passing laws uh, who apparently just want a curriculum that makes people feel comfortable and feel good about themselves. Mm -hmm. I think you got to embrace discomfort. 
Um, I think there is a mistaken belief that somehow the study of African-American history and American history at large is comfortable for African-Americans. Um, it's not. It's hard to watch video of Rodney King. Yes. It's hard to look at the picture of Emmett Till. It's hard to watch uh, a Bloody Sunday. This is not, you know, uh, activities that we enjoy doing. And so... And how about Tyree Nichols right now in the news? Right now. Mm -hmm. And so when you have, like, laws like this, this uh, Stop Woke Law, that prohibits any sort of uh, curriculum or training that makes uh, people feel bad or feel uncomfortable. This is deeply antithetical to the project of education, period. A lot of th those folks that have been newly appointed to that committee yeah. are hypocrites. The problem that I have is with this narrative of, of American exceptionalism exceptionalism that we've been taught since we were kids. I mean, I, I set the Pledge of Allegiance, you know, all through my life in school. And then when I got into college, I took an African-American history course. And I started realizing that the actual Pledge of Allegiance doesn't apply to a lot of our citizens. Interesting how that works, isn't it? All of a sudden, it just changes your whole opinion about America. And maybe that's where they want to do it. But that's the Democratic Party. Tradition, Super Bowl, the president sits down with the network that is going to do the Super Bowl. Biden won't sit down with Fox. He's going to sit down with CBS. That's just unbelievable. It would be unacceptable of anybody else. And then we had a very interesting thing that happened. And I'm going to play this um, as it is. It is a misinformation, number one soundtrack, if Casey Kasin was out there. And now for the number one shot, one number one song for this week on the top 40 list. It is trans activists insurrectioning in Oklahoma capital. I'm still banned off Twitter. Uh, got two more days on my stating a fact that transgenderism is a mental illness is somehow violent. But here is a liberal activist. I love how Shapiro equates activists fighting for human rights with murderers who wanted to kill the vice president. Okay. Yeah, I see what you're doing there. That's good. It's good stuff. But we cover this because the media will never, ever cover it. They're not going to cover it straight up the way they would cover it if it was, let's say, people who are doing a mask protest or people who are doing any other tea party or any other fucking thing we've ever fucking done. They're not going to cover it right. This is a literally a live shot when it was streaming on... Um, what the fuck happened? There it is. Yeah. Hold on. Now that I fucked up the whole show. Trans rights peacefully protest. Well, I thought because you just arrested 900 motherfuckers for just walking in the Capitol, trespassing as they walked into open door. I understand that people broke windows and hit cops and I got that. 
But you arrested and jailed motherfuckers for a year for walking in a Capitol. So what is the standard here? I'm really fucking confused. And being that we are now living in the craziest world that ever been, and I I just want to make sure we cover it up front. Let me get to the slide. Um, No, we'll get to that in a second. Where is it? Yeah. Do I not have it? I fucking suck. This was brought to you by um, Jordan Peterson. And these are parents who have the youngest transgender model. That's a fucking thing. But it's not child abuse. Then we get this this week. Seinfeld show banned for playing a stand-up routine... And I tried forever to try to find the, the segment. I couldn't get the goddamn video to work. Um, it, it just wouldn't pop up. But, the, you know, there, I don't understand how that's a thing. I, I don't understand. You can't. What is happening to my slides? You can't, and in this segment, it literally was what I said. Two weeks suspension. Because they they want this stuff. But when, when you look at it, and I have a new bumper, I made this because I, I love this song by Drowning Pool. And it's, I don't care about anybody else but me. This is... These are the people that are monitoring our free speech. Every black person has experienced walking around or near white people and they will literally bump into you or not move out your way or hit you with their car. But I found out last year, I think it was, that there was a study done that showed like they really don't view us as human beings when when we walking. Like they're not gonna step out the way when it comes to us. And ever since I learned that, I don't move out the way for white people no more. Like. If we shoulder to shoulder, like, we just going to have to bump. So what happened today? We sharing this sidewalk. It's me and Miles. And then it's this white lady and her own girl. Or friend, whatever. So we walking. I see you coming the same way you see me coming. And when I tell you, I big body, strong body. Boom. She turned around. She, yeah. You saw me. Just like I saw you. And I ain't stepping to the side. I ain't stepping to the side no more. That's a tranny. 
doing the dance. It's a black worker woman being racist, and that's okay. And I think that's why we we lose every time. Everybody who's in a position of power in Washington right now is a transgender person or an advocate, and they're all for that, and they see you as a Christian, normal person, cis, turf, whatever the fuck. You can go on Twitter and call a motherfucker a turf, but you can't say transgenderism is gender dysphoria. You'll get suspended for that. AI will get suspended for it. And then you have the Grammys. And I cover it every time, but I, I, I have to cover this. This is okay. You're even going to see Biden's tranny advisor, Mulvaney, being treated like she's really a woman. Welcome back to the Grammys. I'm seated here with a fresh Grammy winner just today, the one and only Taylor Swift. Congratulations. Such a wonderful achievement. You know, I've got to tell you, Taylor, you, you have the best fans in the world. I mean, what they did with Ticketmaster, what they might do for artists all over the world, what they might do for fans who want to go to concerts is amazing. I just wonder, once they're done with this, can you get them to, to handle the price of eggs? There's really nothing that they can't accomplish. I... Well, there you have it. Yeah, they'll, they'll get on it. Just let them know what you need. Swifties, price of eggs down. You go after those chickens. You know what I love about the... Welcome back to Music's Biggest Night. This next presenter is the only person in the world who knows which of tonight's songs the president sings in the shower. My money's on about damn time. Ladies and gentlemen, the first lady of the United States, Jill Biden. America! very much. <laughs> Thank you. A song can unite, inspire, and ultimately change the world. Beginning this year, the Recording Academy is presenting a new award recognizing a song that responds to the social issues of our time and has the potential for positive, global impact. 
More than 130,000 people have responded with submissions of songs that promote awareness, raise consciousness, and inspire change. The winner of this special award was selected by a Blue Ribbon Committee and ratified by the Recording Academy Board of Trustees. Tonight, I am honored to announce the first winner of the Recording Academy's Best Song for Social Change to Sherveen Ajapur, <laughs> an Iranian singer-songwriter for his stirring song, Baroye. This song became the anthem of the Masa Amini protests, a powerful and poetic call for freedom and women's rights. This video appeared on Shervine's Instagram page and was seen more than 40 million times in less than two days. Incredible, absolutely incredible. Doing it, you know, every time I listen to him, I get hips I never knew I had. That album is so fire, it makes Trump want to learn Spanish. That's what it does. This is it, people. Welcome to the Grammys, everybody. Welcome to it. Thank you so much. Um, crazy, Sam, I love you so much. And this song has been such an incredible, incredible journey for me. And Sam has been a supporter of mine for so long. Um, Sam graciously wanted me to accept this award because I'm the first uh, transgender woman to win this award. <laughs> and, and I'm so... Thank you. Um, and I just want to thank um, all the incredible 
transgender legends before me who kicked these doors open for me so I could be here tonight. Um, Sophie, especially um, my friend who passed away two years ago, who told me this would happen and always believed in me. Um, thank you so much for your inspiration, Sophie. Um, I adore you and uh, your inspiration will forever be in my music. Um, Madonna for fighting for LGBTQ rights. Um, so much, I don't think I could be here without Madonna. Um, my mother, um, I grew up uh, next to a highway no in nowhere, Germany. And my mother believed me that I was a girl and um, I wouldn't be here without her um, and her support <laughs> and everyone who believed in me um, to this point um, I love you so much the recording Academy thank you this is a huge moment for me Sam thank you you're a true angel and hero in my life and I love you and everyone who made the song too I love you guys so much sorry I didn't write down the names I love you okay bye-bye <laughs>
Sponsored by Pfizer, a little devil worship. So let's say you're a modern American who doesn't believe in the supernatural at all. You reject the ideas that have formed the basis of every society in all human history, but you think it's bunk. Good and evil does not exist in the absolute sense. Even if you believe that, and some Americans do, is it really a good idea to mimic devil worship? Because what if it is true? Probably not going to end well, right? No one's asking those questions. Sam Smith, the performer there, has gotten rich doing it. His latest music video shows him wearing nipple pasties and being urinated on in a men's room. Yeah, they stormed Omaha Beach for that. Trans ideology plus Satanism, popular entertainment. Chad McMoore is contributing editor at The Spectator. He joins us to make sense of what we're seeing. Chad, great to see you tonight. Um, so, like, you kind of wonder, like, what's the next boundary? What's the next glass ceiling to be shut? Is it cannibalism or kind of where do we go from here? actually already seeing it you know it's like satanic themes in pop music have been around since like the 70s and 80s with kiss mm -hmm. and uh motley crew and of course whenever an artist needs to have a little controversy they're like let's just put on some devil horns and do a satanic ritual i like rihanna did, or not rihanna uh Nicki minaj did something similar in 2016. it's so tired and predictable and so boring but what is new i think is uh sam smith is physically grotesque uh, and that seems to be how he's getting attention. He didn't always used to be. You have all these singers now who are just physically repulsive people, and that's what they're using to get attention. Maybe cannibalism's lax, I don't know, uh, but it's um, pretty disgusting. Madonna was another one at the event last night, but you know, Madonna's 64. If she wants to age uh, like a uh, creature that escaped from a lab somewhere, that's her decision. Sam Smith is only 30. And uh, we're celebrating his uh, uh, antics and the way he sort of abused his body at this young age already. What what happened after Weimar? Do you know? Actually, let's let's skip that. Um, th this <laughs> is sponsored by Pfizer, which is the company whose products you're mandated to pay for and not allowed to complain about on television on pain of excommunication. And this is how they're spending their money. What do you think the message from Pfizer is? We're a wholesome company. Yeah, <laughs> Trust it's, us. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's levels of villainy that's so cartoonish. It's like, how can you even be upset? Everyone thinks this company is like pure evil, you know? And you know they had to have been aware of what the program was. So someone at Pfizer was like, what are we sponsoring? And they said, oh, you know that pudgy they, them, uh, who likes to get eat on in music videos? He's going to do some double worshiping. And Pfizer was like, great, sounds good, sign us up. I think they don't, they're so shameless about this. They don't even care. Tonight's transgender Satanism brought to you by Pfizer. <laughs> Inject their products into your body. <laughs> so great. I, I finally found the AI thing. So so this this is the world we live in. It's a joke Seinfeld. There are like 50 people in here and no one's laughing. Anyone have any suggestion? I'm thinking about doing a bit about how being transgender is actually a mental illness or how all liberals are secretly gay and want to impose their will on everyone or something about... 
how transgender people are ruining the fabric of society, but no one is laughing. So I'm going to stop. Thanks for coming out tonight. See you next time. Transphobic. Tweet on top by Dana Loesch. I'm so tired of broke, cliched, offend Christian shtick. Isn't she lovely? E! News. Dylan Mulvaney made her red carpet debut. And I don't know if I grabbed this because I did slides yesterday and the show is really kind of disconjoined right now. And for that, I, I totally apologize. But... Isn't she lovely? She's not a she. And my favorite tweet off this is marginalized adjective to be socially excluded or treated as unimportant or powerless. That's their that's their shtick. That's what they say is going on. They're marginalized. They're not important. Well, you know who's not? Facebook, Instagram, censor vid of Project Veritas confronting YouTube. Maybe that's marginalized. Facts are marginalized. This is literally the tweet CBS have. You can say that again. We're ready to worship. And then they realize that majority of their viewers are like, oh my God, you're saying you want to you want to worship Satan? And they deleted it. I mean, this is on CNN. Drag Queen Story Hour, it doesn't happen a lot. This is not a this is not a big thing, okay? But to the extent that it is something that comes up, there are a lot of parents who may not be Republican or right-wing Republican or whoever who might be uncomfortable with that. Is it a smart issue to pick it? To, 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 in other words, so that you as a Democrat aren't put in the position of defending why six-year-olds should be allowed to go to drag queens. It, it, it's cynical, and it's a kind of cynical thing that a bully does. Hmm. Uh, it's, 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 it speaks poorly to his character. Um, I don't think that the, the biggest threat to American children is some drag queen thing. Yep. Uh, we got American kids going to bed hungry. You got American kids who don't know, you know what's going to happen to them tomorrow. And so you, you, but you pick on somebody, and you, and you take their pain, and you use that for your own benefit. It's a character issue for him, and I think it's wrong. If Ron DeSantis were worried about the safety of young children in the state of Florida, he would not be making it easier for now to do permitless carry, right, in a spate of mass shootings all throughout this country. Instead, he's focused on things that are going to divide this country in the hope that it will somehow allow him to outflank Donald Trump in a, in a Republican primary. That remains to be seen. It's but plausible. The one thing you do have to take into account is are parents allowed to have input in their kids' education here? Is this something that kids, this drag queen story hour, and I don't know all the details of it, are kids being basically put in front of that without parents having input or parents being surprised at what that is? That I have a problem with. Sure, what I don't have a problem with is people doing things that they have a right and freedom to do. And I choice. think that's what people have a choice. Well, and that's the difference. Therein lies the difference of actual conservatism. If I, I'm not comfortable with the idea of a six-year-old being at a drag show, I love drag. I'm 33. So let's not ban it. Let's not have the heavy hand of the state come in and make a decision for parents. This seems like conservatism 101. Let the parent opt into what they want their kids to have. It is, how are these marginalized protected class? I'm still asking somebody to explain to me how that's happening. But this is these are our betters. This is an NBC reporter. Parents can't 
can teach sex ed to their kids. Can parents name every STD and how they're transmitted? Can they teach you how to identify date rape drugs? Can they define pelvic floor? Or more importantly, would they? Somebody respond, I can, but you and your ilk need to stay away from my grandkids. It's not your job to teach about this. Sex ed in school, old and buster, changing bodies, what happens? The new hotness, MPOX, or latest STD, MAP. You don't want to do it because of that. You want to do it so you can make little activists. I'm sorry, the jig is up. That... We're going to see a segment in a second by that fucking person over on Disney who did a Black Power skit. You want to make activists. You say that. Here's an effective talking point on the GOP's war on education. Republican governor like Ron DeSantis are making a felony to teach kids about Rosa Parks. Pass it on. That's not true. That's not true at all. None of that is true. I got banned for stating a fact. This is okay on Twitter. The only thing neo-Nazi parents group need to be targeted with is a truckload of ammonium nitrate. That's okay. Good to go there. Nothing wrong with that. It's Dana Loesch taking them to task. Here's Ben Shapiro taking one of these tools to task. Which problem specifically? Do you mean a massive spike in teen suicide ideation, 40% of babies born out of wedlock, societal, social contagions around nonsense, gender, and sexual identities? That ain't parent, parental sex ed? Backwards ideas about sex. Backwards. Like, when I was a drill sergeant, already by 1993, kids... Young girls thought anal sex wasn't sex because the president of the United States got a blowjob and said it wasn't sex. So oral and anal wasn't sex. This is a Florida rep. Scenes from all-age family-friendly drag queen Christmas tour. I hate to sound like a far-right extremist bigot, but we just... Not do this in front of kids, please. And so a dem rep, Ron DeSantis' formal action to revoke Plaza Live's liquor license for and drinking Christmas is an extreme abuse of regulatory power and can have a devastating economic consequence for local business. Why can't parents decide what's appropriate for their own kids? And he goes on to say it's just folksy. It's just folksy. The funny thing is, and I don't know if you see this, that's Twitter. Twitter muted that. It muted it because it's sexual in content. Literal surfer will not surf anymore, Bethy Hamilton, because now they put dudes in her category. Twitter suspends a Montana representative because he posted something about hunting. Hunting. Senator Steve Daines, the chairman of the National Republican Senatorial Committee, is frozen because 
It violates the company's media policy. The account was spending according to Twitter because his profile pic showed him hunting with his wife. But we're all the same. And and they wonder, the, the powers that be, Twitter, Democrats, they're all a flutter on why parents are freaking out about this shit. And CNN mocks it, and MSNBC knock mocks it, Facebook mocks it. Watch this video. Do you feel more like a girl or like a boy? A girl. Why do you say that? Because I'm a girl boy. Is that why you chose this beautiful outfit yeah. for cheerleading today? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you feel more like a girl. Mm-hmm. What do you think about boys? Nancy. <laughs> why? Because they're girls. They're girls. <laughs> why do you think that? Why do you say that? Because they're not pretty. They're not pretty? Mm-hmm. Why aren't they pretty? They don't, is that because they don't wear pretty outfits like the one you're wearing? Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. You go back to that picture of the youngest trans thing, and, and we have the, the left and social media have become so brainwashed that it's virtue signaling for the parent. They want this. They want that sweet, sweet Twitter quid. 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 <laughs> cred. And there's Elon Musk. The moment I get unbanned, I'm tweeting him. And I'm going to say, I got grounded. I, I literally got grounded because I said what you guys don't want your people believe. Answering a question that was put on there by a liberal to ban people. All right, we're into balloons, so we're going to go back to intro mode. Let's get some more of these things done. Lives a TikTok. Pornographic book. Let's talk about it to students. The book encourages exploring kink on the internet. I'm not even putting... You know what? Let me just put this one picture up. Why anybody, somebody, tell me, where the hell is it? Why is this so important to the left? Why do you need this? 13. That's a kid's book. Showing how to masturbate. If I posted that, it would be considered pornography. Something that pisses off the last five of the last six comedy albums of the Grammys were won by canceled and Dave Chappelle won it. And to further elaborate the point before I move on, do I believe race? Yeah, we're going to move on to race. 
These two videos are why Republican-held houses are starting to have a shit ton of parents, grandparents, and citizens literally go, hey, we need to do something about this. This is bad. Why Why is this happening? Can somebody please tell me why we're doing this? I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. I coach a lot of people one-on-one who want to go no contact with their parents and cannot bring themselves to admit it. They feel guilty, they feel awful, they know it's the right thing they want to do, and they can't admit it. That, to me, is a very separate situation from, I don't know if I want to go no contact or not. I've just heard about this. What would it look like? What are the, what are the ins and outs? What would happen? Is that the right thing for me or not? Right? This place of not knowing, if you're in the second category, give yourself space. Don't do anything yet. Give yourself space. That's why parents are asking for legislation. That's why parents are freaking out. And if it's not that, then it's our race montage for today. I'm going to admit, it's another segment with Nicole Hanneman-Jones, another segment with Joy Reid screaming and yelling about how Whitey's bad and that's okay on TV. But this Disney thing, done by the lady that who bragged that I put secretly put gay agenda lunacy into it. This is a kids cartoon. This country was built on slavery, which means slaves built this country. Tilled this land from sea to sea to sea. First there was rice, tobacco, sugar cane. Then Whitney did his thing and cotton became king. And we were its soldiers. Four million strong. Fighting for America's freedoms, even though we remained America's slaves. slaves. Built this country. The descendants of slaves continue to build this. Slaves Slaves built this country. country. And we, the descendants of slaves in America, have earned reparations for their suffering. And continue to earn reparations every moment we spend submerged in the system. Systemic prejudice, racism, and white supremacy that America was founded with and still has not atoned for. Slaves built this country. Not only field hands, but carpenters, masons, blacksmiths, musicians, inventors built cities from Jamestown to New Orleans to Bannockhead, Washington. 40 acres and a mule. We'll take the 40 acres, keep the mule. We, we made, made your families rich. From the southern plantation heirs to the northern bankers to the New England ship owners, the founding fathers, former presidents, current senators, the Illuminati, the New World Order. Slaves built built this country. We had Tubman, Turner, Frederick D. Then they say Lincoln freed the slaves. But slaves were men. And women. And only we can free ourselves. Emancipation is not freedom. Jim Crow, segregation, redlining, public schools, feeding private prisons, where we become slaves again. I had a soundbite today of the left going crazy because Paul Gosar was talking about the replace, the great replacement theory. Which 
New York Times in an article, Schumer said it three times. But mom and dads and normals going, hey, this CRT, this LGBT shit has gone too far. We have to stop this. It's out of fucking control. You're trying to brainwash kids and make them little activists. And the whole argument went that there was no CRT or LGBT agenda in school. And then when there was lockdowns, everybody found out there was a CRT and LGBTQIA, EIEIO fucking agenda in schools. And then it was, why are you taking away the CRT, LGBT, EIEIO out of our schools? You're racist. You want to teach them old American. You need to learn them new shit. And you have your NBC reporters. Parents can't teach sex ed. They won't talk about how to take it in the butt if you're gay. That is heinous. I was metal detecting yesterday with the family. I found a hatchet. It's really cool. It's on my Instagram. And I heard that and I was like, what the fuck? Quotes on this. Imagine paying money for Dinsey to teach your kid to hate themselves. Christopher Rufo, the Disney clip is pure critical race theory. Here's an executive producer of the show, Latacha Renai, identifying as biromantic asexual, saying that she put the gay in. We put the gay in because we like putting the gay. But yeah, going forward, Twitter isn't going to be just the left co- the, the lefties. It's going to be everybody. But clearly, it's not. None of it. Because we have this vessel that has been allowed to insert this because he's a little grandpa. And he says nice things and people don't care. So this is our State of the Union coverage. It's going to be really brief. Because it's just a bunch of goddamn lies perpetrated by an old man who's not even sentient. And he doesn't even know what he's saying. He literally read the line, our elderly trans. It's less than a percent of America's trans. Full gone trans. We're not talking the kids that are in the fade for a month. In this new fad. Full-bone trans. So how much of a demographic is that? He doesn't know. He just says it. Just like he said everything last night. And key in on how the media was just so angry that Republicans treated him like they treated Trump. I'm feeling great. That was a wonderful speech. Uh, He was, didn't you think he was sort of Mr. Smooth? This guy has been in national politics for 50 years. You don't don't always see the result of that, but you sure saw it tonight. He was elegant. He was civilized. He was conciliatory. He was reasonable, and and maybe most of all, he was he he sounded like a centrist, which is exactly mm-hmm. where he wants to be. And after this performance tonight, and I don't know if everyone stayed on to listen to. Governor Huckabee Sanders, but after Joe Biden's speech, which was quite mild and almost lovable with a lot of proposals that a lot of people are going to like, Governor Huckabee Sanders goes on and says, in two years, the Democrats have destroyed everything and and woke mobs are running all over the country. 
I'm here in Washington, D.C. I'll, I'll look out the window for you, uh, Stephanie and Ali. I don't see any woke mobs tonight. But one of the other things I think we should note tonight, too, Nancy Cordes, is the reaction from Republicans tonight. Speaker Kevin McCarthy is trying to present a new image, standing on many occasions, but there were a lot of disruptions from the crowd. Nora, we've seen Republican hecklers at States of the Union before, but this time the speech almost turned into a call and response at some point. And at least four times the House Speaker had to visibly shush members of his party because they were shouting at out at the President of the United States. They called him a liar. They accused him of uh, causing the fentanyl crisis, and on and on as we went through various issues. So definitely was not what the House Speaker was seeking this evening. She, I mean, he, look at, I mean, Biden understands the truth, which is McCarthy has no power in this right. caucus. He's along for the ride. And as much as he is going to say, not all of you, the reality is the, the madmen are running the asylum at the very end of the speech. Biden is making sort of, you know, in some ways platitudes towards, you know, what democracy means. And there's no place for political violence in America. In America, we must protect the right to vote, not suppress that fundamental right. We honor the results of our elections, not subvert the will of the people. There is a season in which this is stating the obvious. Yep. And yet I'm not saying it's a majority. Let me give you who doubts it, contact my office. I'll give you a copy. I'll give you a copy of the proposal. That means Congress doesn't vote. Well, I'm glad to see you. No, I tell you, I, I enjoy conversion. You know, it means if, if Congress doesn't keep the programs the way they are, they'd go away. Other Republicans say, I'm not saying it's a majority of you. I don't even think it's even a significant... But it's being proposed by individuals. I'm not politely not naming them, but it's being proposed by some of you. Look, folks, the idea is that we're not going to be we're, we're not going to be moved into being threatened to default on the debt if we don't respond. What if his answer my question? Oh, Wouldn't it be better to try to work with the president instead of criticizing the plan, saying that it's not going to work, or you that something in the past the has not worked? We would love to. But you actually have to secure the border. You have to take care of the issues. Like I said, isn't illegal that what he's saying that he's trying to do? And you're, but you're criticizing something that's happened, that happened in the past. What he's saying is that I want to move forward and try to work with people. And you're saying, but, 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 and you're looking backwards instead of forward, like the people who heckled him and said, and he goes, wait, wait, I'm getting there. And then the next sentence out of his mouth is, we want to work on border security and try to work on these things. But you're looking backwards. Don, you have to look back at the policy changes. How can you ignore four and a half million people coming through the southern border and say, don't look back the last two years, let's just look forward. You, you have to have policy changes. change the policies. You can, you can say you that have you to have to have policy changes. Okay, fine. You gotta have Isn't policy changes. He's saying, no, he's reallocating the situation. He's not changed the overall protocols. He's just reallocating them. That's the point that we're making. If you go back to Remain in Mexico, which did work, if you actually 
actually go back to making sure you adjudicate asylum before somebody comes to the border. If you say to border agents, which was the policy under President Trump, President Obama, President Clinton, and President Bush, that they can make Listen, they can make determinations. I, I don't want to keep I don't I don't want to keep arguing with you. And I want my colleague it. to get in. But again, uh, is there an answer that says instead of we don't want to look back? Is there an answer that says moving forward? Here's what we can do. Moving forward, you have to give border agents the proper okay. tools in order to actually secure the border. The president has taken that from them. That's what he did. Okay, so in, in the future, you would like to see the president do what with border agents? I just told you. You have to give them okay, the ability no, to make make determinations of credible fear. That's you have to reinstate uh, this Remain in Mexico policy. Okay. You have to not give massive asylum proceedings, which, by the way, are taking six years to get through, and people go to the first hearing. So you're saying you're willing to work with the president on these policies to change them moving forward? The president has to actually make border changes. He's the only person that can do that, and he's not doing it. And you're willing to work with him? to do it. If they're credible changes, of course. Amongst the people that she brought was the one in seven million who almost died from a miscarriage. That was a big deal. Glenn Kessler, before the State of the Union, if you think you hear something fishy in tonight's State of the Union, send a tweet with a fact check, and you know they didn't do it. Carpe Duncan, before the speech, tonight's State of the Union may include, but is not limited to, one, nuking mega people, two, compulsory unity, everything's Trump fault, the climate's killing us. Trans people are better than you. Everyone is racist, sexist, homophobic, except Dems, who are perfect. Get the vax. That's pretty true. He argues with heckling Republicans. Here's a med, first lady, we see you, stay in the union. I mean, really, why is this guy here? Optics, while people are still dying and getting sick from pandemic, Chuck Schumer looks like the Grim Reaper sulking behind Biden. Creepy. What is Joe Biden chewing? Everyone can really, everyone ready for embarrassment? This is Joe Biden. Here we go. Dr. Jill looks nervous. I created 12 million jobs, then talks about how COVID shut down our country. Those 12 million jobs are from us being shut down. Other tweet threads that were going on. Dude is talking fast. White House doctor might have overdid the dosage. (laughs) Are we supposed to not notice that every sentence is slurred? The largest efficient instructor. Is anyone else having trouble understanding exactly what he's trying to say? It's a weird combo of mumbling and speed reading. I can't make anything out. He's doing this speed slurring thing he does when he gives too many adrenaline shots. But you heard the media. I mean, let, let's be honest. He could have got up there and talking about poo-poo pee-pee in the potty. And they would be going, oh, Republicans are bad. And I had a long Joe Scarborough where he's dogging his own party and acting that he's so embarrassed because of the way Sanders did it. And la, 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 la. It was just the same Same tired fucking media. It's just so fucking tiring watching them continually do the same shit. It's it's fucking unbelievable that every fucking state of the union, we got to go through this crap where the Democrat is the greatest ever and the Republican is garbage fire. Which brings us to Balloon Gate. First sound bites, 
You knew this was going to come. I mean, if you can remember Obama, eight years of W's fault. It's the only time a president can go eight years blaming his predecessor. Nobody called him on it. Of course, with the same media, it says, what is it like being you because you're so awesome? But all of a sudden, there were three balloons during Trump. briefed on that there was apparently two or three incidents in the previous administration as well. Well, that's what they're saying now. But I think that that the administration needs to come forward because this is not an ability to to um, say that this is a, a crisis that was handed to them. This is a crisis that has developed as a result of this president during his administration, allowing China to do a similar mm-hmm. act before not responding, and then clearly in this one, not seeing the urgency of what was unfolding. I mean, back with the former DNI, John Ratcliffe. John, the Biden administration is trying to minimize this explosive situation uh, in this past week, and the Department of Defense is claiming that uh, there were three balloons, Chinese spy balloons, that entered the United States airspace during the Trump administration and that they were not shot down and they were not disclosed. Can you please tell us the truth and if that's true? Well, it's not true. I can, I can refute it. Um, uh, former Secretary of Defense uh, Mark Esper refuted it yesterday. Sec- former Secretary of State and CIA Director Mike Pompeo has refuted it. But, Maria, the American people can refute it for themselves. Um, uh, Do you remember during the Trump administration when uh, photographers on the ground and commercial airline pilots were talking about a spy balloon over the United States uh, that people could look up and see even with with the naked eye and that a media that hated Donald Trump wasn't reporting? I don't remember that either because it didn't happen. As I said to you earlier, this was unprecedented. We have never had a circumstance where an adversary has had spy craft over our country, our continental United States, posing a threat for the better part of a week straight. And, and that's why I said to you before, the, not only is it unprecedented, but the damage from this is incalculable, both from um, an intelligence standpoint and the possible payloads. You talked a little bit earlier about the different types of payloads that a stratospheric balloon could carry. Um, those possibilities are, are, are limited only by your imagination. Um, But what we do know is none of those are possible to be deployed against the United States if a stratospheric balloon isn't allowed to traipse across our countryside for four straight days, something that has never happened before. But beyond that intelligence damage, Maria, the other thing is that the damage that it wasn't just 320 million Americans that were watching this balloon, um, you know, paralyzed uh, for a week. It was Russia. That was Ratcliffe. There are zero proof Chinese who crossed the U.S. airspace three times during Trump. A bunch of left-wing media outlets are publishing the same story, quoting the same anonymous source who's probably like Vinman. Trump had China under control. It was everywhere this weekend on all the shows. All of them. Trump. Trump, Trump. Trump, 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 Trump. Trump, 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 Trump. It was all Trump. This is Joe Scarborough simping for China. The China balloon voyage is more of an intelligent benefit to the U.S. than China. By waiting until balloon was over the water, Biden maximized the likelihood the payload could be covered while minimizing risks for Americans. But Trump, 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 that's Midas touch a lefty rag.
Yeah, of course. It's always Trump. That's that's his whole presidency. Lincoln Project masturbating to it. That's along the lines of the one I read last time. Joe from Jersey. Make that slide smaller. Sorry about that. If you're upset about Chinese spy balloons 60,000 feet in the air, wait until I tell you about the time a sitting U.S. president and a whole bunch of Republicans tried to overturn the election. Yeah, that was the other line. Trump or insurrection? This is Max Boot, another used-to-be conservative. Should Biden have personally climbed into an F-22 and led the attack like Independence Day? CNN was pushing all weekend, but Trump, but Trump. Problem is, the same person who wrote it, Betrand, was still pretending to believe, for worse believing, that idiotic alpha bank disinfo, and she ran it for years, and it still believes it's there. One of the paid influencers, Dash Dravonsky, the greatest threat to our national security is not red Chinese spy balloon. The greatest threat to our national security, in fact, is the insurrection. Head of Nor- NORAD asked about those three Trump spy balloons. General Van Heek Head, and I think I have the slide. Head of NORAD takes questions on Chinese spy balloon, was asked about previous balloon administrations, say, crossing U.S. Trump years. Has very little to say because it didn't fucking happen. And the Navy has released pictures of it finally, which is good. And we covered on my last show this. Let me get this in here because it's good shit. It's good shit. Old one. My old eyes don't work that good. We talked about the Air Force and the military not wanting to do shit about them owning corn right next to the base. Well, the local said, go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. Which is good. So. Here we go with Tucker taking to task the absurdity of this balloon. Today, the 21st of January, American Intel services watched, maybe slack-jawed, as a white helium balloon with an enormous payload swinging beneath it lifted off from central China and began to float east over the North Pacific on the way here to the United States. Within a week, it had arrived. On January 28th, the balloon entered U.S. airspace over Alaska. From there, it traveled over the Northwest Territories of Canada, and then it dropped back into the United States over Idaho. By last Wednesday, February 1st, it was spotted by civilians in the skies over southern Montana. A man staring out of the window of an office building in Billings 
saw what he thought was a UFO. It was too small to be a moon, he said. And so he began to take pictures, which soon appeared on social media. And then almost immediately, the airspace over Billings, over the entire town, was shut down. Commercial flights were diverted. F-22 Raptors arrived from a nearby Air Force base, along with refueling tankers and an AWACS surveillance plane. It was a big story. So it was at this point when the existence of an unauthorized Chinese military aircraft over the continental United States became impossible to hide or deny. At that point, officials around Joe Biden finally decided to tell him about it. Now, we don't know Joe Biden's reaction to this news, but we do know his response. Biden did nothing. He did not order the balloon shot down. He did not call for sanctions or punishment of any kind against the Chinese government that sent it. It was not until this weekend, when the aircraft had traversed the entire United States, including at least one classified nuclear weapons installation, that an Air Force jet finally pierced it with a Sidewinder missile off the coast of South Carolina. Debris was still fluttering toward the ocean when the administration began telling lies, many of them, about what had happened. That balloon posed no threat to American national security, the Biden administration claimed. Why? Because the balloon never transmitted data back to China. Now, how could officials know that? They never explained. Nor did they say whether the Chinese military would send one of its aircraft all the way to the U.S. without a satellite uplink. Apparently, the Chinese just forgot. They're not very good at technology. It was a nonsensical claim. But as far as we know, not a single reporter in Washington pressed the administration to explain that claim. And that's not really surprising. Reporters in Washington no longer dig. They transcribe. And what they transcribe next is almost enough to make you cynical about the role of the press in a free society. It turns out, and we learn this from unnamed officials on background, that allowing Chinese military aircraft to surveil your country, including your missile silos, is not the big deal the rest of us thought it was. In fact, it's routine. It happens all the time. Trump did it too. Quite a bit of it, actually. At least three Chinese spy balloons flew over this country while Donald Trump was president, and despite the anti-China rhetoric, he just let them pass. You didn't know that. Now you do. So settle down. This is normal. In other words, everything Donald Trump did while president is bad, except this, letting Chinese spy balloons fly over the country. That's very good. And we're taking a lesson from him. So virtually every news organization in this country repeated that claim, including some who should know better. And of course, as soon as credulous reporters wrote their dishonest stories, the Democratic Party and the television stations it controls repeated those stories as fact, which was the whole point. Watch. They are saying we should have shot down the balloon the minute we saw it. I would use two words in answering these GOP criticisms. They are premature and they are political. This is why we voted for Joe Biden, because imagine if this had happened under Donald Trump. The way in which the balloon was taken down allows us to retrieve uh, the parts of the balloon to see what was actually in there. I'm just glad that uh, there was no damage or threat to uh, U.S. aviation operations and uh, that this operation took place was done uh, in a very effective, excellent way. Some of the statements from the Republicans, uh, especially in the Senate, have just been asinine and these jackasses going out again, I'll get my shotgun, I'm going to shoot down the balloon. Okay. Uh, you know, seriously, they again, they just they make clowns of themselves. <laughs> so the balloon... But the media was undeterred by the absurdity. So we're going to have CNN, Whoopi. They brought on that deranged goddamn Chucky doll. And she said he needs to be a good storyteller.
Republicans argued that the balloon, the size of three school buses, should have been taken out over the Pacific. If you're Biden, you're kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. Let's say he had shot this down somewhere over the country. All this metal and glass comes clanging to earth and could have hurt somebody. And it lands on something, hurts somebody. Three buses worth of metal will be falling down, potentially on hospitals, potentially on kindergartens. That could hit a kindergarten, a hospital. Heaven forbid, fall on a kindergarten or a hospital. Isn't it defensible that they would not want to take down something that could have hit a school or a church or a farmhouse? It's easy to start spinning in the absence of more concrete information. Well, obviously, this is serious, but I thought that producers had smelling salts off of the, on the side of the set for Republicans who came on. Republicans practically tripped over themselves over the weekend to call out President Joe Biden. <gasps> oh my God, this is, I mean, just hyperventilating about this. Is there a specific <clears throat> a specific part of the country where they think or say specifically this is where it should have been shot down i mean what are they talking about we should have shot down this balloon over the Aleutians. well there there's they simply don't know jake the administration did what uh, politicians usually say they want administrations to do uh follow the advice of of the pentagon they essentially advised him we need to do this at a safe moment when it is essentially over a body of water and ultimately i think it was handled by the administration quite well you heard the president say it it was always the plan to wait for that chinese spy balloon until to shoot it down until it was safe to shoot it down i think the president needs to listen to his military we know that he trusts his military he trusts his advisors and they advise that they should jam it and then they should wait until it was in a place where it could be shot down and the intelligence gathered from the the remnants of it. I think that's actually very thoughtful um, and it makes a lot of sense to me. You know, I, I think that the reason that perhaps Trump didn't know, because Trump is now tweeting, of course, on his fake social media thing platform, that, um, you know, he, he would have shot it down. He didn't know about it. I think because he didn't trust his military advisors, I don't think they trusted him with sensitive information and perhaps they had it and didn't share it. I mean, I had that wrong. It's our next block. So here are my favorite sound bites of the week for media fucking malfeasance disinformation. You're going to have Don Lemon have the fucking balls or ovaries in his case because he's a gay guy to literally say the GOP is going to make us suffer through investigations of the president. We had investigations for four fucking years, you fucking cock. Four fucking years. Even when it was proven false, you cocksuckers still said the walls are closing in. You impeached them twice for shit other people have done. And now we realize a real problem in Ukraine because we're flushing money in there for some reason because he's got the dirt on the Dems. And then, my second favorite, his problem is storytelling. From the deranged Chucky doll. Okay, so you say you will ask for the visitor names for Biden and for Pence, but not for former President Trump. Well, they're already looking into that. There's already, you have an aggressive special counsel looking into everything with, with Trump related to his mishandling of classified documents. So, so that box is already checked. Same to Biden as well, though. That's the discussion. Well, we don't there. know. We don't know exactly what all's going on with Biden. Our investigation with Biden is over, is over influence peddling. There's a concern among a lot of Republicans that some of these classified documents may have been part of the business model with the president's brother, 
and the president's son in some of their shady business dealings. Right. That's why we're there concerned about Biden. No evidence of that so far. I understand you have questions about Well, we have evidence it. that they've influenced Petal, that they've always used the Biden... But not in relation to the classified We don't documents. have any evidence of the classified documents, but we're investigating that. Okay, Congressman Comber, we're out of time. Unfortunately, we have a lot more questions for you. I know you have a bunch of hearings this week. Thank you for taking time to join Thank us. Thank you for morning. having me. Uh, all right. Thank you. That's the time that we're in, where facts are sort of flexible. And That's why just, we got Caitlin Collins on the Hill fact-checking in real time. It it's was a great interview. Citing incredible sources, like citing the New York Post as a credible source and saying that facts are, it's just, I, I can't believe that we're here. Caitlin, that was a, a great interview. All right, moving on. Um, anyway, well, now moving on, because that's, listen, that's a big issue when it comes to the American, hold on please with the music. That's a big issue when it comes to the American people. The American people are gonna have to suffer through all of this stuff from election deniers to people who don't believe in facts, we don't have a shared reality, and now it's taken center stage to people like Marjorie Taylor Greene, a, an election denier, a conspiracy theorist, a QAnon sort of influencer or supporter presiding over the House of Representatives. Mm -hmm. It's a sad day for America when that happens, and it's a sad time for us when we have to deal with that. What should be the president's objective tonight? I mean, two things. One, giving a speech that uh, e even if it's 40 million people watch it, which is less than the Super Bowl, but still that's a huge number of people. That's a big opportunity for any president. It's the biggest speech of the year any president gives. But what he needs to do is tell a story. Joe Biden is an amazing storyteller. I mean, you sit in the Oval Office, Crane can tell you, and he can storytell for six hours. He needs to do that in the speech tonight. People aren't sitting at home and just like writing down data points. Good fucking stuff. This is from the Jewish Democrats. It's called the Jewish Democratic Council. Make sure all your friends know you're a proud Jewish dem and not a Jewish Republican. That's okay. We're still in the phase of WAPO doing this. It would be catastrophic to not be able to have vending machines full of death for babies. AP, Crisis Pregnancy Center, so-called anti-abortion clinic. That's still happening. It won't stop. The AP smearing DeSantis. How dishonest hacks and dumb people use the AP fact check to smear Governor DeSantis. This was all over the internet this weekend. Menstrual. It's totally a lie. It's not true, but, you know, we don't. We don't deal in facts. You know, facts are not something that the media works on. To clean up uh, some sound bites, here is the sound bite with Yet Lemon going off about the New York Post and Caitlin Collins, and then the view of all people dogging fucking KGP because his poll is below Trump. And this is New York Times. We're not covering what the media is because the media is liberal dumbasses. They're worried about these deep fake videos. That's all. That's that's the fucking Brian Seltzer special. All right. Thank you. That's going to be. That's the time that we're in, where facts are sort of flexible. That's why just, we got Caitlin Collins on the Hill fact-checking in real time. It was a great interview. Citing incredible sources, like 
citing the New York Post as a credible source and saying that facts are, it's just, I, I can't believe that we're here. Caitlin, that was a, a great interview. All right, moving Thank on. Um, anyway, well, now moving on, because that's, listen, that's a big issue when it comes to the American, hold on please with the music. That's a big issue when it comes to the American people. The American people are gonna have to suffer through all of this stuff from election deniers to people who don't believe in facts, we don't have a shared reality, and now it's taken center stage to people like Marjorie Taylor Greene, a, an election denier, a conspiracy theorist, a QAnon sort of influencer or supporter presiding over the House of Representatives. Mm -hmm. It's a sad day for America when that happens, and it's a sad time for us when we have to deal with that. And, I and quickly, uh, Biden's State of the Union address is expected to double as a soft launch for his 2024 campaign. But a new ABC News poll shows voters are even less enthused about Biden running again than Trump, a low bar. How do you respond to that fact that the, a whopping 58% of Democrats and Democrat-leaning independents want someone other than the president to run? Well, there are many different polls out there, so I'll say that say that uh, first. But I also say we we do follow the rule of the law, unlike the last administration. So we are covered by the Hatch Act, and it is it is. I have to be very careful what I say when I speak about politics or when it comes to political race. I'm gonna chew a cereal bar in between. I still have a lot of discomfort. My system hasn't adjusted to this new digestive. So there are days. I wake up and the gallbladder side is just raw as fuck because all that bile acid is pooling. I figured I had to work on that. Will Carlisle, our disinfo guy from the USA Today. Honestly, this is kind of hilarious. Jim Jordan claims former FBI bigwig Jill Sambor pressured agents to manipulate government stats about domestic extremism. Dude, everyone knows anything about this knows government stats are being utterly ridiculed. Um, the reality is he's trying to say there's more. They admitted they spread out the J6 people. And if you were from Iowa, that's where they said they had a problem. So that he can keep on his utterly ridiculous white supremacy as the greatest threat to a democracy check. I mean, I never in a million years say there isn't white supremacy, Nazis, but there's a shit ton of Antifa and Black Panthers that want to kill motherfuckers. We don't go after them or Jane's Revenge or anybody. To show you how absurd our government is, and this is going to look really crazy on my part. I'm going to expand this over me. I'm watching this skit, and it's Wayne's World, the best of Mike Myers. I've been on an SNL kit, and, and once again, if you have not listened to Fly on the Wall, there's something wrong with you. It's such a good podcast. So they had Will Ferrell on, and I'm halfway through. Probably shouldn't have taken a bite. But they do the top ten. And all of a sudden, you go from three to the number one, Bill Clinton's. And you see Chelsea. But they never say what it is. So I search YouTube. I search SNL. I search the internet. Every version of that omits Chelsea because Hillary Clinton didn't like 
the jokes. So she literally made them scrub it. That can't be good. Another statistic that nobody wants to talk about. Everyone of Biden's fucking nominees. 25 judges. Three white people. All black women. Megan McArdle and the Washington Post. These are our media betters. This is why our country doesn't like the media. Let me zoom it up so I can read it. Because this is... If you look at old cookbooks, you will notice that authors seem to view eggs and chicken as almost a luxury good. By 1950, Betty Crocker picture book contained recipes for making mock chicken dishes out of veal. Go back further in the 1896 Fanny Farmer cookbook... Uh, sternly informs reader that eggs, even at 25 cents per dozen, should not be freely used for strict economics. An odd assertion in the modern era until you realize that in 1896, a pound of round steak was about 35 cents cheaper than a pound of eggs. Today, by contrast, a pound of eggs, about nine eggs, will cost you roughly $3.21 in any grocery store, while a pound of steak is $8.69. Oh, almost all the food, blah, blah, blah. But the benefits of this revolution has also been enormous. In 1905, an average male factory worker older than 16 took home 11 16 a week, enough to buy 41 cartons of egg. Today, the median wage earns... 1,176 a week, enough to buy more than 275 cartons. When people dogged her for, get over it, you rube, you don't need eggs. I honestly can't believe there are people getting mad about this column. Greg Price, totally incredible content. Not caring about how much any my ancestors paid for things isn't recently biased. It might be worse than a few years ago, but it's still better than ancient Egypt. Be happy you're not a serf is a take. A bad one, but a tale none the lust. Aaron Rupar pissed off the reading the Constitution on the House floor. These these are the people. Biden IRS to crack down on waiters tips. Waiters tips. That's a thing. But remember, they're going after the rich people. They don't care about the poor people. Another article, this one was by NPR. The He Gets Us commercial promote Jesus, but who's behind them and what's the goal? Well, let's watch it. A rebel took to the streets. He recruited others to join him. They roamed the hood and challenged authority. Community leaders feared them. Religious leaders abhorred them. We have to get them off the streets, they said. But they weren't part of a gang spreading hate and terror. They were spreading love. I think it's pretty damn ingenious. The ad all stems from a central idea that he gets us to discuss how he, Jesus Christ, was a refugee and disdained for hypocrisy and was also unfairly judged by others, marginalized members of modern society. And one of the commercials, a black-white slideshow of photos, tells the story of a Central American migrant who must flee their homes, avoid persecution. At the end, it reveals a story being told as a Jesus and his parents. The ads are poorly funded in part by a family that owns the notably religious craft store, Hobby Lobby. Oh, that's why you're pissed off. You can't have that. 
Oh my god, that's the fucking worst. Granted, they're talking about migrants, and I don't really like that angle. But I think the thing that astounds me is I understand that majority of liberals have replaced Christianity, Catholicism, Islam, you name it, with CRT and LGBT. You know, it's got, I've been saying it for fucking six years on this damn podcast to the chagrin of Matt in Oregon, who probably goes, shut the fuck up. But it, it literally is just one long fucking tirade of anti religion. Just anti religion. They just can't stand it. And, and I understand you're not into it. But what the fuck? What? Why do you hate Christianity so much? It's just hard for me to... It's just hard for me to understand how we've fallen this far. I mean, we were a Christian nation. And at times, that probably sucked for non-Christians. I got it. But I just, uh, man. Mm. So here are a couple sound bites from MTP this weekend. And then we're going to go into an army or military corner real quick. Um, these were the worst of MTP. Um, actually, surprising interview with the Republican. And he didn't cut him off. Let him talk. Never seen that happen before. Welcome back, Data Download Time. This week, the College Board announced it was revising the curriculum of its new AP African American Studies course, removing elements around black writers associated with critical race theory, content related to LGBTQ issues, and feminism, and an entire section about Black Lives Matter. The changes were seen as a victory for Republicans like Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, who had announced plans to ban the old version of the course in his state last month. But this news was just the latest flare-up in what has become a deeply polarizing and partisan divide in how Americans view public education, both in our uh, public schools and in our universities. Look at this confidence in public schools. Look, Democrats have more confidence than Republicans, but look at this fall-off since the start of this century. Republicans and Democrats, you know, were are pretty close. And then basically the pandemic, and you can see the nosedive here. on the balloon. I ordered the Pentagon to shoot it down on Wednesday as soon as possible. They decided without doing damage to anyone on, on the ground. They decided that the best time to do that was as it got over water outside within our within 12 mile limit. They successfully took it down and I want to compliment our aviators who did it and we'll have more to report on this uh, a little later. Thank you. This all right short and sweet and as you alluded to in the previous question 
China is not an enemy, uh, and I think that's important for people to clearly understand. Uh, China is a rising power. Uh, China has been a rising power since uh, Deng Xiaoping in '79, and they've been clicking off at 10% growth for you know, almost 30 years, and they dropped down to about 7% last year or two. And they'll probably drop again, you know, and come into the range of normalcy and three to five percent growth. But that's still significant economic growth. And there's been a really large historic change from a North Atlantic-based global economy to now it's proceeding to be a North Pacific-based global economy. So, uh, with respect to China, um, what normally happens historically—it's not in all cases, but in most cases where you have economic growth of that magnitude typically follows military power. And that's what we're seeing. We're seeing a... You got a $50 million airplane. You got a $29 million gorgeous helicopter. We had every type of helicopter. Many of them brand new, literally out of the box. 28, 29 million. We have 60, 70 million dollar planes. You mean you think it's cheaper to leave it there so they can have it than it is to fill it up with a half a tank of gas and fly it into Pakistan or fly it back to our country. You think, yes sir, we think it's cheaper, sir. That's when I realized he was a fucking idiot. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, that's the first time I played a pro-Trump soundbite on my podcast, but he's right. We'll get to that in a second. I wanted to cover this, how they're over there doing training, 101st Air Assault, in the cold weather, skiing the whole nine yards. It's pretty fun cool, because I did it. So, they also did FARP training, which is you set up a refueling point. Anyway, let's get back to the important stuff. Mark Milley, once again, is a piece of shit. He should be kicked out of the Army for his politics, but because we live in a woke world, nobody cares. Mark Milley held secret calls with China in 2020, undermining Trump. Mark Milley gave the order not to shoot down the Chinese spy balloon. Mark Milley in 2015 declaring, China's not our enemy. That's the video you just saw. And I gotta say, for the record, what the actual fuck so I go on Twitter, and once again, I'm butthurt. I, I can only read. He's trending. The House GOP needs to set up a special committee to investigate General Milley's communication with China. Every text, email, telex, fax, and call from past, present, and future should be reviewed by the committee. I love the picture. And then these are all tweets. Is Mark Milley the most disgraceful and incompetent military general of all time? Milley threatened to warn China about Trump action and prevented the balloon admin or Biden admin from shooting down the balloon until it completed his mission. You don't have to be a master sleuth to see something isn't right here. Literally, as I said, a Twitter trend. And it goes on forever. Some of the choice ones that I, I loved. And I don't know if I can blow this up. I don't have this one. Brand, Brandon Collins. Do I have that? 
Yeah, I, I don't have that one. So I can't even read it. Sorry. Milley confirms he told China we'd call ahead of a U.S. attack. This one's one of my favorite. It was all over the place, basically because of this LGBT shit. Uh, people were mocking him. Can someone please explain to me why Rainbow General Milley is in Leavenworth for treason? Remember me? I would have warned China if an attack was imminent. Did Milley warn against shooting down the balloon? What are you doing? Come on. After the deadly U.S.-Afghan exit, Milley in 2020, China is our friend. He assured China that 45 would not attack, and if an attack was ordered, generally would warn China. The Joint Chief's role is to devise this SOD, not act as a military zone. I don't know why everyone keeps saying the Army is woke. I'm offended. Well, because that's all you talk about. That, that's, that's who you are. And you saw the video. Biden said to shoot it down. They didn't shoot it down. Why? General Milley pushed back against President Trump and wouldn't follow orders to Commander-in-Chief. Now we find out that Milley wouldn't shoot down a balloon when Biden ordered it. Who's really running the military? The questions I have would be ones if he wasn't so anti-Trump. The left loves him. The left is nearsighted people. They don't understand what you allow now becomes the future. But because Millie's such a good dude because he hated Trump and called everybody who followed Trump or voted for Trump Nazis and it was the Reichstag. It was like crystal knock. Our last story is another spouse or a spouse opened fire on Andrews and shot an intruder. And that's the second intrusion we've had lately on military bases, which is really unheard of. So we go from a zero to a hero. Here is a Congressional Medal of Honor winner talking about American soldiers in combat. Why do American warriors under fire do what men have done since this nation's inception? This is a common thread that connects the militias of Lexington and Concord with the warriors of Fallujah. It is our love of nation, our way of life, and our love by those who we serve with side by side. We defend, we avenge, we sacrifice, we bleed, and we are willing to die for this unique creation, the United States of America. I am complete for having experienced that kind of sacrifice with my fellow men at arms. And those who died, they gave their lives for me. They gave their lives for you and countless citizens who will never know them. We broke the will of our adversaries. The enemy was defeated. And because of that, we came home. For the infantrymen in combat, there is nobility and purpose in our lives and that is unique. But we don't see ourselves as a people apart. We are America's warrior class. We are citizens of the United States and treasure this land more than any overseas posting. The Army provided me with purpose and appreciation for the blessing America has bestowed upon us all. I am forever grateful to the United States Army 
for making me able to count and cherish those blessings in a way that is unique to most and to those who wear the uniform. I think the uniform, I think my army, has made us all better men, fathers, employees, husbands, and citizens. The best leaders in battle become that way by being loyal and dutiful. We execute the lawful intent of our government. There is no political affiliation on our dog tags. We continue the warrior legacy of the United States without regard for adulation or unanimous approval either. My unit's leaders died leading men from the front. It is our duty to tell the story of our brave men and women who sacrificed so much for our fellow citizens. We fight so our children never have to. We fight for one day when our children and our enemies' children can discuss their differences without fear or loathing. We fight so that anyone out there thinking about raising arms against our citizens or allies realize the futility of attrition against a disciplined, professional and lethal force built to withstand anything you can dream of throwing at us. Americans want this kind of country. Americans want this kind of world. And we stand ready to defend it, to protect us. So help us God. Very wise words. To our lighter fare, and I put this in as a joke because you can't shake your dick without hitting a story about the fueling of an EV has now increased above what you would use regular gas, and then winter driving in cars that are EV and how it takes forever to charge. You have no range. But our media is never going to talk about that because our media is too busy pumping up the jam for Biden. So we go into Lighter Fair and Mr. Martin Truex Jr. literally got off the schneid and won the clash in the Coliseum. He was the fastest car. He was the shit. And he is our Lighter Fair first two sound bites. <laughs> Martin Truex Jr., the 42-year-old from Mayetta, New Jersey, 12th time in the Clash, took the provisional and finished 15th last year, and he will go to victory lane. It'll be the seventh Clash win for Toyota. Amazing what a year will do for you. Truex was considering retirement last season. Said, nope, I want to give this another go. He says, and I'm coming back to win. Well, tonight, he's glad he made that decision. You know, you, you sit there and watch wreck after wreck, and, you know, a lot of these guys are going to get out and say, you know, Traffic and conditions were a big part of the problem. But that guy right there, he didn't qualify good. It was the fastest car, worried sick about qualifying good, started his heat race sixth, got up through him, put himself in position to where he could take care of that car and keep the fenders on it. You can see a little bit of brushing here and there, but that baby's in victory lane. And a big night for Richard Childress Racing. Austin Dillon and Kyle Busch coming. 
Okay, so we just finished the Bushlight Clash, and Martin Truex Jr. is our 2023 winner. Heck of a way to start the season. Does this carry some momentum <clears throat> heading to Daytona? Yeah, for sure. I mean, if you look back at last year, you know, just all the heartbreakers we went through, and you know, haven't we had a statistically a pretty good season? Just you know, we could never get that win, and uh, you know, had a lot of heartbreakers. So yeah, to to come out here and be able to do this, um, you know, we were literally like the worst car here last year, and to come <laughs> here and be the you know fastest in practice yesterday, and then um, you know have a day like we did today was just awesome. So credit to my team and. Um, you know everybody behind the scenes that puts it into work and um, you know we've been working really hard this offseason to be ready and you know I told everybody a couple weeks ago like we're gonna have something and uh, we're feeling good about things so this is just an awesome an awesome thing for us to uh, get some momentum going. This is year two of the next-gen car so a little <clears throat> bit more of a notebook for you guys to build on but this race was pretty wild most cautions we've had here yeah. uh, I think uh, I don't know how many cla clashes we've had with all those cautions but a lot that it was, was a crazy race. I've run plenty of 150 lap races in my career, right? And I don't remember any of them ever taking yeah, that long. Me either. It was forever. So yeah, uh, we might need to count caution laps the first half or something, but what a fun race. And um, you know, what a turnaround from last year for us. And it's funny how much more fun it is when you're running good. You know, last year I'm like, this sucks. I, wanna, I don't even wanna go back and do that again. And then it's just been a fun weekend. So really cool venue and uh, you know, it was a heck of a show. But more comfort in this next gen car now, I would imagine. Yeah, you know, I mean, I was, honestly, for me, it was never really a comfort thing. It was always just, you know, we never could get it quite right. And then when we did, stuff would happen. And, you know, you've seen how many laps we led last year and didn't win. And it was like, it was just like last year, no matter what we tried to do, something yeah. would always just always take us out or, or, or do something like that. So, um, you know, some racing's funny. You know, a lot of times you don't change anything. As things start turning around and going your way. And, um, you know, I think tonight was, was an example of that. But obviously. Our next lighter fare story is about a very diligent woodpecker who stashed 700 pounds of acorns, filbert nuts, into a person's house. A pest control company had their hands full, literally, after a woodpecker's impeccable work caused damage to a home in Sonoma County. You got to see this. Nick's extreme pest control, this is extreme, was called to a house in Glen Ellen, and here's where it gets nutty. <laughs> Workers say the woodpecker was making holes to store its food, and the food kept falling into spaces in the walls. Then when they cut into the wall, 700 pounds of acorns came flowing out. To our This Is America, we start with a gun grabber going Waco. There's absolutely no legal basis for American citizens to carry weapons with no permit, no license, and no training. Stop using the NRA and gun lobbying terms that mislead Americans. Permitless carry in Florida will result in higher incidents of, vi of violence. And lovely that we have something called the fucking Constitution. Go fuck yourself. This is, once again, they think they have every right to make your kid a unicorn and teach them that all white people own slaves and are pieces of shit. But you can't carry a gun. And then Zuckbucks are back. This is Georgia. You wonder why Stacey Abrams was really busy? Well, that's why she was very, very busy. Our soundbite is a dem freshman getting butthurt over open border. The reality is, it's a fucking open border. This is America. 
tripping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. And this is America. In Ch changing our culture. I understand what he's trying to say. But I believe that immigrants are American and thus a part of American culture. You know, it's unfortunate that this hearing started off with a ton of hyperbole and posturing, saying that President Biden and his administration have created the worst border crisis in American history. That isn't about oversight. It's about stoking the fears of immigrants and those seeking asylum. And it's something I take personally as a son of a Cuban refugee. Look, for, for many folks around the country who might only watch far-right media or just listen to even some of the folks on this committee, I'm curious, uh, Chief Chavez, when President Biden took office, did your agents stop enforcing the border and just allow everybody to come in, thus creating what we hear here is, is an open border? Did that happen when the president took office? Sir, thank you for your question. Uh, the answer is no, sir. Okay, we thank you. We continue to enforce policy and laws. Thank you, I appreciate it. Uh, Chief Modlin, when President Biden took office, did the border just open and did you all stop enforcing your policies? Also, thank you for your question, sir. I, I can tell you this, the fifth administration I've worked for, starting with the Clinton administration and Border Patrol agents do their job every day. Thank you, I appreciate it. Look, I mean, look, as y'all probably realize by now, a lot of these hearings are not really about solutions, they're about politics. And for me, I believe solutions must be rooted in facts. Um, I know y'all probably watch the news and are aware of what's going on politically. Would you agree that the narrative being peddled right now that says that an insane amount of fentanyl is being brought into this country by illegal immigrants, specifically, would you say that is true? Sir, again, we're here to report on the facts on, on border security. I, I probably differ from giving an opinion on anything in the news right With now. With the data, right? Because that, that's probably doubtful. I, I can't yeah. provide no, all good. Thank you, Chief. No, I, I, I thought it was bad to have different facts. But if you go through this whole show from front to back, the people, once again, that loud the most about disinformation are propagating. We started with polls. Bullshit. CRT. Clearly, Hostin said that it happened. An insurrection. We ignore it. Then we get into the Grammys and we see all the effects this has on our people, on our fucking children and how horrible it is. It's just horrible fucking shit. It just never, ever relents affecting children in the schools, on Disney. Then we get in the State of the Union. Yeah, it's not proper for you to yell at the president, but you people boo, didn't clap, tore up shit. Then we make up stories about a balloon. that you Do you actually believe in a million years, as three balloons came over during Trump, we wouldn't know about it? When Trump had two scoops of ice cream, they ran whole op-eds on it. We knew everything about Trump. Then we get over to the simple fact that Millie was part of it. Millie denied the balloons, and finally it broke out on Twitter that people are like, I'm done with this. This guy, if he didn't hate Trump, would be gone, and we close <clears throat> with a Democrat. Alternate facts. Something you said under Trump was evil. Alternate facts.
We're in troubling times because we have a party that's in power of every institution in America. And the most important thing they can have is to ban you for speaking truth and say dudes with dicks are the, the best example of women now in our media. You can't shake your dick. Well, that's a bad analogy. Can't shake a stick without seeing lesbianism, some kind of usually a black a black woman lesbian couple, and we were watching Your Honor. There's no LGBT by season two. All of a sudden, one of the characters starts kissing a black woman because they they're so scared. And once again, the transgender movement is supposed to be this underrepresented, we get treated like shit people. But Dylan Mulvaney, Dylan Mulvaney, a dude, is on the red carpet posing like a woman because everything he does is an over-exaggeration of whatever he thinks a woman is. And he's treated like a woman. So clearly, you're not underrepresented. Clearly, things are going pretty good. It's troubling times. You know, the reality is you want to replace us. You've opened the border. You lied about taxes. You passed a green energy bill and called it an Inflation Reduction Act. That's all we have to say. That, that's pretty much it. Everything else you're doing is all fucking bullshit. So that wraps up another episode of Flyover Politic Podcast. Share this to family and friends. Go to SoundCloud, Flyover Politic with a K. Rumble, 482467, FOP Podcast at gmail.com. Today's video will not be posted, only the audio. We'll do our next show on the 12th of February, Year of Our Lord, 2023. Hoping we have our new microphone, for God's sake. Until then, disconnect from all your devices. Don't give the yeah, yes. And as always, thanks for living, listening. Y'all take care. Uh-huh.